All right, we are officially live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show. And what an interesting week, to say the least. But here we are now trying to wrap it all up and pack it together, make it help it make sense for everybody. And so looking forward to doing that. But before we get dive in any further, Mario, how are you doing, my friend? I'm well, uh, Mike, and you? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Weather's changing. It's getting a little nippy out here, a little dark out here. But uh, life goes on, and of course, we got a lot of things to cover, so uh, let's just jump right in. So hope everyone that's tuning in, uh, bring something to the table. Feel free to throw out some thoughts, ideas, suggestions in the chat. And then towards the end of just going through some of the headlines here, we'll open up and get a little Q&A. And uh, depending on time, might get a couple people to join us on screen. So if you're interested in uh, joining, being a part of the live stream here, definitely feel free to log in. We'll get you a link, and you can uh, just let your voice be heard. So, all right. Uh, Mario, man. So before we went online, you're talking about uh, just uh, the word on the street or a lot of things you've been putting together about the overall economy and how the probability of things are not doing as well and it's starting to kill over. Let's go into that a little bit because I'm curious to hear. I got some questions I want to ask you. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you can just look at the uh, bond market and how yields have dropped in the last two weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is a, a signal that uh, investors, uh, speculators, Wall Street expect uh, that things are slowing down and, and we're seeing uh, economic numbers. Uh, I think I forgot which one was out last week, but they were weak as well. Uh, yesterday we had jobless claims. Uh, they were a, a lot higher than expected. We saw industrial production uh, really weak and, and just reading through uh, articles in the papers and uh, everywhere, uh, it, it looks like uh, yeah, people are saying now, oh, the central banks, like the FT, uh, they were saying the central banks, Bank of England, they need to start, uh, stop, you know, at least uh, raising rates, which they kind of have. Mm -hmm. But now they're, everyone's clamoring for uh, rate cuts. You know, you, you sent some articles as well about people call, talking about deflation. The, the, yeah. And the problem with that, though, is that a lot of these people don't even know what deflation or inflation is. <laughs> and by that, I mean the classical definition. What, what they mean is that prices have slowed down, the rise. Yeah. And uh, also after CPI this week, it was a tenth lower than expected. You know, and the markets like uh, assume, you know, they were euphoric just because of that. And, yeah. and actually, I heard uh, Jamie Dimon say, you know, don't uh, get your hopes up. But uh, it, it, it looks like... Uh, the markets are clamoring for more and more liquidity. And uh, we had also data in the UK today. Uh, retail sales are very weak. And I, I think it's happening not just here, but all across the board uh, around the Western world. So that's the feeling I'm, I'm getting that uh, we're not going to see any more rate hikes uh, and very possibly rate cuts uh, early to mid next year. Yeah, a lot sooner than later. And so just uh, bring some stuff up here. So here is um, one of the graphs from the Zero Hedge article about core CPI. And ultimately, it's still, you know, twice as high or, you know, double what the mandate is or 2% as of now. And so at this current pace, you know, I was looking at this little graph here and we're at that 4%, four, 4 yada, yada, whatever their figures. And so will there be a, a reversal downward? Or will the thing shoot back up? And and how does that play into heading into 2024? Just because at this current moment, you know, things aren't looking good. You talk about a Fed pivot sooner than later. 
will this thing, you know, tick back up, you know, once that pivot occurs would be the major question. So what are your thoughts? Well, you know, core CPI excludes food and energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's dependent on that. Uh, we saw that uh, the Biden administration, they sold loads of uh, reserves, uh, petroleum reserves that helped prices down. But yet yeah, things are slowing down now because rates have risen a lot. Uh, mortgage rates have risen, uh, credit card rates. Uh, also, banks are in trouble <laughs> and they're probably not lending as much. But mm-hmm. the thing about CPI is that it's so tinkered with that. I read an article, you probably saw it, that the yeah. headline CPI, they, the uh, health insurance uh, costs <laughs> apparently went down 34 or 36%. Uh, in the last year, which is crazy, it, it didn't, you, you know, and uh, so they can put anything they want in there. Um, they said that food prices only went up 3.2% a year. I'm sure it's a lot more. Yeah. But So I, I guess CPI could go a lot, could go lower. <laughs> could it go negative? It rarely ever does CPI, uh, the growth negative. Um, so I don't see it going much further down. And I expect because um, I think, uh, was it with you? Uh, I think it was with you or no, it was on Sunday, my live stream. Uh, I was talking about a, a Bank of England exercise for a major bond market collapse, which means higher yields. Mm. And, and they said uh, we blame this on a geo, it would be because of a geopolitical thing. And even though the Israel uh, situation is kind of, going off the radar a little bit mm-hmm. it's still trouble out there so uh, very we could very easily see oil go back up not because of the uh, strong economy but because the Iranians might uh, close the uh, Strait of Hormuz mm-hmm. we can see trouble at the Suez Canal mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know energy prices go back up you know the CPI will, could go back up and the other thing as well, Mike, um, they might tell us, you know, oh, CPI is not growing, it's 0%, you know, year on year. But people feel it and people know it, you know, and they're not going to buy into it. How do they react? Well, they're going to still keep buying things uh, because they know it's going to keep going up. So, yeah, they they can fool us for, for a short time. And that's why... I think when I say they're going to reinflate and cut rates, I mean they're going to increase credit, and, and we're going to see you know M M one and M two start rising again. Uh, yeah. They dropped in the last year and a half. They've kind of stabilized now, and I think they'll pick up next year. Yeah, and uh, here is a little headline uh, from the uh, tweet you shared or whatever about from Wall Street Journal says the global the global fight against inflation has turned a corner. And so yeah, uh, I think it that's was one of the articles that I saw. I, I yeah. saw the same thing yesterday. One of the uh, columnists in the FT, he's an Uber globalist, saying the same thing that, you know, so when the FT and the Wall Street Journal are pushing something, it means that, uh, you know, it's probably might. Uh, but I, I think what this is, it will do, it will create a massive asset bubble uh, mm-hmm. in the next 12 maybe 18 months. Yeah. So here we got consumer prices change. So UK, US, Eurozone. So according to their figures, <laughs> they've been uh, doing a good job of fighting inflation. But then again, uh, 
yeah. further kicking the can down the road and causing more mess is uh, soon to be determined. So, yeah, interesting, man. Uh, so we will see. But here's a couple of those other headlines uh, about uh, the word deflation. So Walmart CEO expects to see period of deflation in the coming months. And then we had uh, Kathy Woods uh, predicts the deflation in U.S. next year. <laughs> And, and of course, it, all this before, before the for the pivot, before the Fed pivot type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, the thing here is uh, the definition, you know, uh, because uh, since last year, eighteen last eighteen months or so, since we've had deflation, if you look at the classical definition, M one and M two, yeah. on a real basis, has come down, and we still have, have had rising prices, which just goes to show how. Uh, debased the currency is and these people don't understand deflation and uh so i don't want to be arrogant but <laughs> I, I would probably ignore whatever that woman says or whoever talks about deflation uh what they might mean is like a slowdown in the economy but you can have a slowdown like we're having here in the uk and still have prices rising so there you go yeah yeah, and that goes into what we talked about before about stagflation, stagflation, or I call it what a hyper-stagflationary crisis, <laughs> where yeah, everything's upside down, nothing that, makes sense. Where you can have very high inflation, where you have uh, asset prices like come down, but everything that you need, all the basic necessities of life, are really expensive. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's keep it moving. What else we got here? So uh, other news out this week, it looks like uh, more can kicking down the road. And so there was a temporary, <laughs> temporary 60 days, 75 days uh, extension of the spending limit or spending bill. So Biden signs a temporary spending bill to avert government shutdown. And so the question is, how much longer will they be doing these 60, 90 day can kicking mechanisms because DC is becoming more and more divided amongst the house and the Senate. So they won't be able to agree on much. And so it looks like this was a no brainer to get done just because they didn't want to go into the holiday season yeah. uh, with pressure on their back. But it says uh, funded until January 19th and others till uh, February 2nd. So we'll be back here again and it yeah. only gets worse. Go ahead. And it looks like uh, one thing they agreed on is that uh, this, uh, bill would not include any additional aid for israel and ukraine so right that's a good thing i guess not for right. ukraine and israel but for the american taxpayer it is yeah that's true that's true that's true so the question is you know what comes next and so things seem to be dying down a little bit no ukraine russia talk as you mentioned no the israeli situation is not really good mainstream news outside of china or i'm sorry president xi being in being in the country this uh week that got a lot of attention on the alternative media scene and i have my you know i have my concerns about the outcome of this <clears throat> excuse me but you know what are your thoughts initially on uh president xi being here because you know we had uh what's his name uh biden came out with uh you call him a dictator and it slipped and they showed a video clip of blinken's face he was like you know like this is not that goes well but we had that dinner amongst the you know global yeah not global, but tech leaders or whatnot. So what are you sensing from all that? Well, I actually think uh, Biden got away with that question quite well. He said, well, <laughs> that's because in their country, you know, it's a communist country. So 
they don't have the same system. I thought that was actually quite a good answer. But yeah, what it feels to me is that she uh, has become like a right and left political. All the people mm -hmm. on the alternative right are saying, oh, he's genocidal. You know, how can you talk to the guy uh, and things like that, like people like Kyle Bass. Uh, but uh, you, you look back at when Trump was uh, president, he said, oh, I'm a, he invited him to Mar-a-Lago, you know, wined and dined in, said, oh, she is a really good guy, you know, he's a great leader. And you look back at Communist China, who opened up Communist China? Well, President Nixon, he was a Republican, you know, who, who got, I think, uh, the WTO, you know, the process starting well, it was Clinton, you know, so it doesn't matter which party uh, is in power. And uh, as I said to you before we came on, uh, not just uh, in the US, but here in the UK, a lot of the stuff that we buy is still made in China. So uh, I think it's more of the divide and conquer. And I think it's because the, the Israel Hamas thing has gone off the boil. So they need to find another enemy. So mm. I think they're pushing this China thing now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anything is going to change. You know, I, I listened to Xi Jinping uh, speak. Mm -hmm. He sounded very diplomatic and stuff and everything. Uh, but I, I think, uh, yeah, the Amer American political class is divided on that. And, uh, yeah, Nikki Haley, for example, I read that she's becoming like uh, one of the favorites to become president for the Republicans. So really? I, I would say she would be very anti-Chinese. So I guess wow. one thing that I heard he did, she that was good, is that he ended the homeless problem in uh, downtown. <laughs> and some people said, well, maybe he sh we should send him to the uh, uh, U Texas or U.S. Mexico border. He might solve the, um, you know, the right, right. crisis. Not yeah, so that, that was interesting, man. Like uh, whole Newsom, you know, prior to this visit here, you know, California or San Francisco, especially, I'm hearing just from all the video footage is just a, a, a crap hole. And all of a sudden, we got him, him coming into town. They cleaned things up. I saw video footages of them re replacing and moving the homeless into, you know, you know, basically off the main roads and stuff like that. And so, I, my personal opinion on this uh, front that uh, you know the U.S. is putting up, they're literally trying to slow down the great east-west divide i had imagined them inviting china here they're trying to smooth things over patty cake it up a little bit trying to maintain some sort of a tie just because with brick with with the bricks and the belt road initiative and all that stuff that they're working on it further isolates the u.s and mm -hmm. so what better way to bring him into town make some promises shake some hands you know promise him some things to either slow things down or try to reverse things and so that's why i was mentioning about the, that dinner where you got all the tech, top tech companies being there, you know, what I'm saying mm -hmm. like you're gonna bring we're gonna bring our country's best technology sectors to this table. We'll let them help you out and yada yada. We can still position ourselves in your country, and so it's one of the things where I think we're more so trying to appease that side of the world than allowing us to continue to remain dominant because we don't have that stance no more, in my opinion. So, yeah, maybe it's we'll for uh, for domestic consumption. Because I, I think the BRICS project is like a really unstoppable. And mm -hmm. uh, aside from tech guys, you also had uh, people like uh, Larry Fink of Black BlackRock. You had yeah. uh, Stephen Schwartzman of Blackstone. 
you had uh, Ray Dalio, the hedge fund guy, and I'm sure there were a few other people there from finance. Uh, mm-hmm. But what is interesting is that, um, yeah, like I said, you know, back during World War II, um, the uh, IBM, uh, they they were uh, they had the patent and they ran the system in the concentration camps to like keep track of the uh, inmates and the numbers. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, one of the subsidiaries of Standard Oil produced uh, synthetic oil for for the Germans during World War II. You know, George W. Bush's granddad, Prescott Bush, uh, his bank worked with the Germans. You know, they were even found after World War II to be uh, banking, you know, dealing with the enemy. And uh, they got a slap. You know, from Congress. But what I'm trying to say is that even if we do have a, a war, you know, West versus East, uh, these people are still going to keep doing business. That's how it always has been. So I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, uh, I came across an article uh, this morning just talking about how 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 far along things are. And so this is from Watcher.Guru, but it says BRICS, 155 countries signed Belt and Road Initiative with China for trade. So as of now, according to some details in this article here, there's there's 150 countries and 30 organizations uh, that all signed up to be a part of the, this development. So there's no stopping this as of now. So what yeah. better way to, to, to you can't stop it. So you either appease the persons or the nations involved with it or you try to find a way to wiggle yourself in there without making it look like you're giving up. And that's why I think the we, the U.S. right now is in the, not in the best position of strength right now. So I can imagine them being very desperate to do some things that we'll probably look back and be like, damn, they sold it. I will probably look back and say, man, they sold our country out just because yeah. of the way things are heading right now. And, and the thing is, like, uh, I think there's only about 195 countries in the world. So that's a big chunk. Right. Uh, and uh, the other thing, I think the Chinese know that uh, there's a big faction in the U.S., the alternative mm-hmm. of the right, that are very anti-China. And if they get into power next year in the White House, things are going to change. So, yeah, she was being very diplomatic. But I think in the back of his head, he knows that, uh, you know, things are, you know, uh, I think his biggest ally is Russia, really, not right. the U.S., Right, right. And that's the thing, like, just from hearing and as I continue to learn more about how the Asian region operates, they got their 10, 20 year plan already written out. And it's good to say they're going to stay on track with that, regardless of what the U.S. throws their way. So but time will tell. So we'll, we'll figure it out. But I'm um, just get to some more headlines. What else we got here? Um, oh, so just here's another headline that uh, impacts our country as well. And so we got the UAW situation kind of resolved but then as a result of that all the funds that these companies will now be spending will ultimately impact the employment of a lot of their uh, staff and so as a part of this reshaping of the car industry we got Stellantis you know offering buyouts and then there's other articles about uh, people looking to downsize and things like that and so this is the great reshaking or of our automotive sector here so this is one of many to, to, to come as they try to transition as best they can to this electric vehicle, which is not yeah. working. There's more stuff piled up than people are buying. But yeah, this is what's happening to Main Street over here in the city of Detroit and surrounding yeah, areas. So. I know. And uh, I think it was uh, a few months ago, they had like a, a Chinese official uh, talking to a UK 
journalist mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy asked so how how do you view our relationship china uk and he said well uh, uk is a influential country and then he went on to uh to talk about all the things that china is best and does the most in the world and car manufacturing was one of them so 10 mm-hmm. years ago china didn't even produce many cars and you know they seem to um you know you know you might not like their political system but <laughs> they're doing really well economically and yeah. they they learn very quickly and uh they went from producing very cheap stuff and now they're producing cars so that's like a symptom of that they're probably going to take over a lot of the stuff you know yeah. and that's why detroit you know which used to be probably still is you know the major uh, auto manufacturing uh region in the world is is, i mean it's been going downhill for for many decades but um yeah yeah like you know i've witnessed throughout my entire adult life of just the 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 reshaping of our metropolitan area and it was all manufacturing base but then again it's been hollowed out and you know a lot of things now just unaffordable like i see like there's just just there we transition to everybody wanting trucks you know, big SUVs and the SUVs right now, they got the Wagoneer, they, the Chrysler plant Wagoneer looked at the base models, like 70,000 or 60. I mean, it's something where I'm like, you know, it's nice, but it ain't that nice. So, but people find a way to get their, 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 their trucks around here. So it's trucks everywhere. Mm. And okay. Can they really afford those things when things turn or things hit the fan? Uh, we'll find out. But yeah, that's the American way or the Michigan way. Trucks, uh, I remember, you know, in the seventies, I was, you know, teenager or 10 or when they had the oil crisis and uh mm-hmm. you know all the problems with more expensive gas in the u.s be, prior to that they used to have huge cars you know the mm-hmm. big cadillacs big and then everyone <laughs> said oh we're we gonna have to drive really small cars but then you're back to like now you're driving p- even bigger pickup trucks and like it's weird it just goes in cycles cycles yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's interesting. so. Let's get to uh, a couple, a couple of Twitter. Um, Do you remember the Ford, Ford Pinto? <laughs> uh, I've seen them. I don't see them anymore, but I saw, I saw them around when I was younger. <laughs> I think they used to blow up. You hit them, and they. Used to... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get a couple of little, little tweet, little Twitter uh, threads, real quick. And so this yeah. one goes back to um, that transition. So this is just uh, people standing up and applauding. You know, uh, say capitalism clapping for a communist leader, pre- Xi Jinping, whatever. I thought this was interesting. So he was he was treated like royalty by our dignitaries. So it's just that was interesting there. And then here's another one here about you know the BRICS update. The de-dollarization process already began, and so we got yeah. there. And that talking was about payment platform. Same, that was in the same day on the same day that uh, Putin and uh, Xi were getting together. You know. Lavrov was saying, you know, this is unstoppable. You know, de-dollarization is, uh, is uh, set in stone. Mm-hmm. A process has been set in motion for the world leaders to make recommendations on alternative plat- payment platforms. There is no stopping. This is ju- not just limited to the BRICS, but also Latin America and the Caribbean. So, yeah, they're working towards something. Time will tell. And uh, China and the United States have agreed to pr- pursue efforts to triple renewable energy capacity globally by 2030. Triple. Okay, good point. <laughs> and then the last one here, we got uh, this one from this is I think this is Tavi's here. Yeah, 
So uh, give us a rundown on this one. This one you should yeah, share. It this goes, yeah. So it's it just goes to show how uh, investors have very very little exposure to the gold, to gold. Mm -hmm. So it's that seventy one percent of advisors have little or no exposure. They have less than one percent of assets allocated to gold. So it's very small. And between one and five percent, it's only like twenty seven percent. And uh, there's no no uh, fund managers or asset managers that have more than a 10% allocation to gold. So it just goes to show how it's, uh, and silver probably is on the in the same boat, just uh, goes to show how unloved the sector is. And I, I think that's still a good thing because if you go back to, to the year 2000, gold is uh, given a nine, around just over 9% return uh, yeah. on average every year for for all the major currencies so yeah you know but i think that's the way uh the powers that be want it you know they don't want people involved in gold because it's very important for them yeah and speaking of which let's just look at the little slow market activity here so i noticed uh there's been a little bit of a a slight reversal is <laughs> typical. Oh yeah, I mean this morning, this morning, uh, London time and early afternoon. You know, when the U.S. came in, we were testing uh, almost two thousand. But it's typical. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if gold only traded in the U.S., it would still be at uh, thirty-five dollars an ounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So you know, silver got up to twenty-four fourteen. Yeah, it got up above 24 as well. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, the CFTC, uh, it happens every, almost lit literally every day. And every day. Uh, it, it's not normal that a market does the same thing every day. But um, the thing is, the bullion banks, the Wall Street, the big the powers that be, they run those regulators. You know, right. they are not there to help mom and pop with their investments or trading or whatever it's right. corrupt right and they got a lot to lose if that price breaks out you know people will really begin to begin questioning all the paper derivatives and everything in between that they've used to financialize the entire world and people will start you know making some tough decisions which wouldn't be in their, in their favor so um all right so what we got let's, let's get into some questions let's get into some questions um and so what I want to do is put together a little link for those. We did something last week. I enjoyed it, having a chance to have those who were watching us join us face-to-face -to, -face to ask a quick thought or share a comment. So feel free to um, throw out some questions or anything that caught your attention this week that is worth bringing to the fold. Definitely would love to uh, hear from you guys. And let, give me a second. And Mario, check and see if you see anything, and I'll put together a link real quick. And uh, Yeah, there's a question here uh, about <laughs> – Ads during live stream is nuts. <laughs> Someone saying there's ads. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, if there are ads during the live stream. Yeah. So like that's not so outside of just a you know initiating ad revenue, you can you, you know they they're literally shifting things to their own to where they put ads according to what yeah. they want. So yeah. it you know it's nothing you can really do about it because Google yeah. won't you know well, Alphabet won't someone, Someone's asking as well why does. Uh, Andy Shackman go on a YouTube channel that promotes buying the Iraqi dinar and Vietnamese dong. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'll answer. I mean, I don't know what Andy Shackman thinks because it's his own mind. 
and I've had him on my channel and we'll have him again, but I haven't seen this video and maybe the person that runs the channel uh, believes in this Iraqi dinar idea, which I don't, but maybe yeah. they were just talking about silver and uh, gold. So, but it doesn't mean just because someone believes in something that you can't talk to them about something else. That's how I see things. Uh, what, yeah. What's your view on this? Uh, there are a lot of people who believe in this Iraqi dinar thing that they're going to revalue it. But uh, why would they do that? I Iraq is like an occupied country still. Right. Uh, uh, so when people ask me that same question, I just mentioned the fact that at this current moment, all fiat currencies are in the same boat. Every government issues those, those debt instruments. They're all trying to save their own behinds. Therefore, they're not going to put more value back into your pocket. At the same time, they're trying to keep their government afloat. So more likely, they're going to continue to base the currency. So, you know, I don't see any of the Middle Eastern countries trying to back their fiat currencies with some type of tangible asset without, uh, uh, you know, for the sake of making their people, you know, and putting their better, putting their people back in better position. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't trade the forex and like that. So I don't mess with that stuff, man. I don't mess with it. So yeah, I just know it's what you a, a waste of time to be like. There are some people I think who buy Iraqi dinar, but I would yeah. I would stick to gold, gold and silver, really. Yeah, I understand. So I just put the link out there for those who might want to join us face to face for a quick thought and uh, have a little back and forth. It's good to be able to connect with people directly. Um, here is something here from Viv B it says, Mike Mario, please look at Project Sila from the BIS all assets in the world tokenized on a unified ledger, even forest uh, fisheries, your labor involves smart contracts. This is how you own nothing. Okay. I believe that's a part of their plan. Uh, and that's a whole, that's part of the whole advent of the crypto digital asset space is to be utilized for that purpose at the end. So I don't doubt it. So I'll look into that more. Project Sela, it's different. Yeah, I, I won't want to have too much in that uh, blockchain. That's for sure, and and hopefully it doesn't work out. Project Sela or whatever. Um, you know, uh, all these uh, central banks—they're not. Well, they seem to be all powerful, but hopefully one day they won't be around anymore. Yeah, that'd be great. Here's a little bit of that Project Sela. So, uh, I haven't heard of that, so I'll definitely look into it. So. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Interesting. That is interesting. All right. What else we got going on here? Feel free to throw some thoughts, ideas, says question. Uh, That's libertarian. Yeah, libertarian. Uh, question. How far, uh, how far go the man, go to miners down with the U S tax things in general? 20%, 40% down. I'm not sure what that means with the U S tax thing. What's a uh, how far go uh, go the miners What's, down with the yeah, What do you mean by USA tax thing? I'm not sure what that means. That I don't know. Um, but we do have, looks like somebody's attempting to join us. Let's see if we can get him on here. Mr. Keenan, are you there, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Can you guys hear me okay? I can. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? Pretty good. Sorry, I was trying to get the uh, camera going. But my question was along the lines of the reverse repo market. That's been something that uh, Mario, your buddy Jack Gamble over at Nobody Special really talks about. And we look at that most of the days. What are your what's your take on its recent uh, accelerated draining and how that may affect liquidity liquidity in terms of keeping the bond market um, at a sustainable rate or yield? 
Yeah, I've I've seen that it's uh, been dropping quite, you know, in like a straight line. So you can uh, extrapolate that it will probably be at zero, I think, sometime next year, like in February. Yeah, I, I think that just drains uh, because I think all that uh, reverse repo money has been used to uh, go into the treasury market because there's so much issuance by the U.S. government. And uh, yeah, and, and that's not good. It takes away liquidity from the banking system. And I think Rafi Faber today, he, on his report that I get, right. he said that uh, the banks are the software, uh, which is the uh, interbank lending in the U.S., that's gone through the roof, which means that mm. banks are having trouble with liquidity. So yeah, uh, the repo rate that just the overnight. No, 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 not the repo rate. The oh. amount that they borrow in the in in the software, which is like a different than repo, that's gone up in terms of dollar amount, not the rate. But you know, uh, there's a lot of people predicting that all hell will break loose when the that reverse repo goes to zero. Um, I, I'm yeah. not sure. You know, I don't. Right now, if you look at certain analysts, their line draws that right around mid. February, but yeah, the last three days it's been down by like a hundred and something billion. Yeah, well, maybe that's why central banks are getting ready for some kind of bond debacle. The Bank of England had a meeting last week, so I'm sure they're watching that too. Yeah, they haven't all been running a goal for no reason. <laughs> they're getting their weight up big time. Keenan, man, how you doing? It's good to see you, my friend. You as well. Everything's all right. Great. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks for answering yep. your question. Nice. Yep. Good stuff. Appreciate you, Kay. All right. So, yeah, feel free to join us or share a thought or something like that. We'd love to connect with you guys. Throw some thoughts out in the chat. No question is a dumb question. War for God. Where's war for food? What we got here? Yelling, yelling, tax things. Uh, criminals. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, banks. <laughs> a lot of talk about yelling. It's 100% priced in. It's 100% increase in price considered hyperinflation. <laughs> uh, what is it? Is, is it a, a month? Certain, for certain prices go up it was above 50% or something like that a month? I, I would say 100% a year 100%? is hyperinflation. I mean, and it could get a, a lot worse. It could get into the millions of percent, but that's a complete loss of confidence in the currency. It's possible. Uh, Mr. Me says, hello, Mario. Appreciate your efforts from a from a boots on the ground viewpoint. Have you seen any increase in public awareness for gold and silver as a form of inflation hedge by regular folks in the not UK? Really. Not really. <laughs> uh, no, no, I haven't really. People are still really uh, maybe a little, you know, you see some shops like pawn shops selling more gold and silver, but. I, I don't meet people and uh, they say, oh, I'm starting to buy gold. I, I haven't seen it yet. You know, I've noticed uh, I don't listen to the radio too much, but when I'm driving the car, I put the news program in the radio. And sometimes I get an advert from a bullying company on the radio. So, um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's nowhere close to the crypto craze, I, I would say, that we have. So yeah. it's still... <laughs> You know, it, which goes to uh, say, prove to me that we're nowhere near, you know, topping long term in gold or silver, be it in pounds or dollars. Maybe in the U.S. there's more people buying, but 
I, I don't yeah. think it's uh, gone, um, you know, uh, to the point where every almost everyone's talking about it. Right. I see more ads, but I don't see uh, see or hear or talk to people about it. I know more people in my inner circle uh, have definitely started to get their weight up more throughout the years and coming at me with questions on what to do with my 401k, what to do with my, my pension. Oh, anyway, so what's up, my friend? How you doing? What's your name, buddy? Uh oh, lost him. Hopefully he'll come back on. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I saw something. Another question about XRP. What are your thoughts on XRP in the financial system or something? I'll let you answer that. <laughs> uh, let me see where I can, if I can find it. Um, so yeah, I, I've noticed a lot of people um, talk about XRP and how they're literally helping set up and establish CBDCs in real time right now. So as I always mentioned before, CBDCs is nothing we want to play around with. And then the people that support them and helping them also are not your friends. So having a bag of XRP, you know, it can, it can, it can be beneficial in the short run, but because it's not, because you don't control the software code in the back end, it can easily be reversed, in my opinion. So I think yeah. that stuff can be turned on, turned off on the back end, because that's how they're going to get everybody trapped in the I system. Heard it, I heard it's um, a banker uh, project, you know, and uh, a few years ago, there's a guy, uh, I forgot his first name, but he's from the Mellon family, you know, Mellon banking family, mm -hmm. you know, the Secretary of the Treasury in the 30s or 20s was a, a melon you know they're they're a very wealthy family and he mm -hmm. died and uh, he had half a billion dollars worth of ripple but oh. <laughs> no no one knew his private uh you know private, private keys to get it yeah oh yeah that's what i know about his love um hey what's up man can you hear me how you doing my friend what's your name buddy Hey, my name is Joshua, man. I called a couple times um on your live streams at nine o'clock. Um, I'm from New York. I just want to appreciate you, man. man. I hear you guys talking about gold, silver, and the fluctuation of the prices, and I wanted to mention that China is actually working with the United States, and that's why we see them selling us out many of the times. Uh, when they send us money over to the different countries, those countries are actually using that money to trade within themselves. So when we send over money. Uh, a lot of the times, like when they buy products, guns, whatever, oil, that money doesn't come back to the United States because, like you said, BRICS is, is their own thing. And mm -hmm. when they're saying they're, that's unstoppable, it's a reason for that. We're going to have to build back better. Like, my question is, do you think that America is going to, uh, um, what's it called, have internal conflict? So basically a civil war before we have to then group together to join in with whatever China's got going on. Cause it's, it's, I don't think it's a question more. I think it's a when more than a, a, a what, you know, because mm -hmm. we know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, think, I, I think the, uh, yeah, the U S is really divided more div you know, there's more, uh, I think there's a bigger chance of a civil war than a war against a, another country in the U S and, uh, I don't even think it's a matter of joining China, you know, joining BRICS. It's a matter of just cooperating uh, with all all different countries and respecting each country. Because right now, unfortunately, and I'm not saying the American people do this, but the American government for, the, well, since 1990, I think, since uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, mm -hmm. they think they can uh, really, you know, uh, dictate 
to everyone around the world. So yeah, I, I think that would be a good thing. But it, it, before that happens, it, it, I think you're going to have a lot of internal problems in the U.S. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, civil, civil unrest, civil war for sure. That's, that's, that's definitely cool. what they're trying to brew up because I think that's a way to get. Uh, us to turn on each other and then also give them an excuse to militarize our dang country and uh, try to really control us before stuff hits the fan and people lose everything they thought they had in banks and things like that. So, yeah, I imagine that's a part of their plan, unfortunately. But I don't think the the Chinese are planning this. It's just happening right. from within. Man, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, See, that's the thing about the United States. You know, we have these scammers, we have these fraudsters, schemers, and I think with the system being uh, abused as it is, I think the United States politicians, the police, they are playing both sides of the fence. You know, they have the saying with the Democrats, defund the police. But in reality, when you do that, um, people are let out and the same people that's being let out are the ones that are crashing the system in essence. So I think what, what, the, what the top politicians are doing is they're wanting to allow the system to crash so that mm -hmm. the bailout uh, leaves us with no option but to submit and and uh, let our, our privacy and, and whatnot be taken. But mm -hmm. like I said, again, I think it's more so the when. Uh, I think you know, the United States is, is scared right now. I mm -hmm. think they're pulling the cards in which they're saying, all right, have mercy, China, have mercy, Russia, because they know that uh, the Eastern countries, they, they've never liked us. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of say that the United States plays, plays the... Uh, the police of the world, and I'm starting to think that how how can you play the police when you started off as the bully, you know? Well, the other thing as well, though, you know, I'm not sure whether the Russian people hate Americans because did you know that the Russian uh, the Russians helped uh, the uh, Union during the Civil War? They they mm -hmm. put like ships, naval ships, in New York Harbor and San Francisco. And if it wasn't for the uh, Russians, uh, I think the UK and France would have helped the South. So, you know, people have short memories. Um, I, I think it's just uh, like uh, the deep state in Russia and China and the U.S. fighting each other. The people of all the different countries, I think we're friends, you know, and that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. Well, hey, Josh, appreciate you, my man. All right, man. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Great insight, young man. Uh, someone said, uh, caller is describing the policy of George Soros. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Good point. And, and also, speaking of which, uh, I, I got, uh, I'm not sure, are you familiar with the uh, controller garks? No. It just it just came out Tuesday. So I, I got, got me a copy. Can, well, who's the author? It's uh, Seamus, Seamus Brunner. Uh, oh, okay. Seamus Brunner. Yeah, and so I did like a little video on it yesterday, just to thumb through it, and it's it mean, got a lot of interesting the, uh, numbers. Latest book I got, Inflationary Fairies. Uh, <laughs> this lady contacted me, and she she homeschools, uh, she homeschooled her children, and she's really knowledgeable about inflation. She's written a book to that's more fun to read and explains yeah. inflation. So I, really, I, just, I have to read it. If bet, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. I want to know how that goes. Stephanie Peterson. Stephanie Peterson. Yeah, let me know I how that goes. Her, I need to get her on my channel. She's interesting.
Good deal. Uh, what we got? We got to see more questions, but uh, just got a question. I think there for me. Yes, Mario, you had a call this morning with someone and no issues. What happening with these guys? Don't sign up for a live stream if you don't have a quiet spot. Super distracting. Sorry, I have no idea. Mario, you had a call this morning with someone and no issues. Don't oh, know. I think I had a. I had Clive on, on, uh, it wasn't the live stream. It was recorded. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what issues he's talking about. If you don't go on. I don't know, buddy. PS, let be more specific as to what you're referring to. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? March. So 2024, my, uh, whatever, a hyperinflationary Joseph says, is the hyperinflationary or deflationary financial class more likely that, uh, thank you, Mario for, Identify the great taking book and your review on the book last week. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think eventually everything will collapse, but we could have, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's difficult to say. I, I think it's going to get inflationary first. And, uh, and then if they don't keep inflating, it could collapse. So it's, it's difficult yeah. to say. Uh, medical 64 says Charles gave uh French financial guru who is a gold bug says uh, when nuclear fusion works, gold will go to zero. <laughs> Good. That's fine, it's possible, but we got, a, we got a long way between now and then. I think <laughs> I'm not sure why that would be the case. You know, people still uh, value gold. I, I've heard of this guy, Charles Gave or Gav. Um, I'm not sure he's a guru, but uh. And I mean, nuclear fusion. Yeah. I mean, does he think that energy be, will, will be free? But I think uh, human beings, you know, they always have conflict with each other. You know, uh, who who is it going to be benefit nuclear fusion? So I, I don't know. Right. Right. Well, we're approaching that mark. Um, and I know you have an appointment uh, things to get to. So as always, people, it's been great to hang out. Appreciate yeah. the participation. Of uh, you guys coming on, sharing thoughts, asking questions, getting us, you know, getting the wheels churning, getting us thinking about what could and could be in the future. So appreciate you guys for joining us. And uh, back at it next week, same time, same place. Uh, any last thoughts, Mario? Yeah. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people who try to say, oh, gold's going to go to zero. You know, they're going to mine it in asteroids. And this guy's saying about fusion. Uh, I, I just think it's just distraction and I wouldn't worry about it. And final thoughts. Uh, yeah, always try to ignore all, all the uh, division and focus on yourself, your family, your friends, and community. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the weekend, man. And remember, like, you know, despite all the uh, distractions out here, when it comes to your oh, wealth preservation, yeah. what you said. more question here. Someone has asked me, how strong is your faith in HM Treasury, which is the UK Treasury? Uh, very little. I have no faith in them. <laughs> Majesty's treasury, no faith. No faith in government liabilities at this current moment when they are scrambling and trying to keep them heads above water. But all right, my good people, uh, be blessed, be safe. Back at it next week, Lord willing, and uh, just enjoy your weekend, man. Stay prayed up, get your wealth.